0: It's like you see a girl over there, oh, let me go talk to her. You go talk to her. It's like, hey, can I buy you a drink? No, get lost. You have to live with that shame for your rest of the time in the bar.
1: Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate. A dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray.
2: And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage and relationships.
1: Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couples Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on A Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years.
2: You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner
1: they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Glenn Sandifer He has over 20 years of experience in regional and national field sales and marketing roles. He has written a book called The Middle Ground, How to Get Great Dating Outcomes in a Modern World. Welcome to our podcast, Glenn. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, Dr. Ray. Thank you, Jane, for having me. So, you know, we want to get into, you know, what prompted writing the book and kind of your your philosophy about all that. Before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, yourself and kind of how old are you? What do you do for a living? And you know, kind of what has been your
0: your transformative experience? A <laughs> transformative experience. I'll let the people in the comments guess how old I am., um, but <laughs> I think that'll be fun for them. Um, but no, i am uh, I'm over forty. Uh, so um, I've I've spent the last twenty years, as you said in the intro intro kind of working. In various roles. And what I found is that as a manager and a leader, when it came time to develop the total person, the area that they were all struggling in was their relationship. And so it prompted me to start doing more in-depth dives into the personal in order to get the professional success out of uh, my people. So that's what was kind of the genesis of this entire book. The net-net of it is earlier in my in my 20s, um, early 30s, I went through a divorce. So from that divorce came the introspection of what did I do wrong? Why did I find myself in that situation? And I had to do the work, uh, you know, separate from the other person that was also party to the relationship. I thought that would only be fair. So in that, I spent around two and a half years uh, in therapy, going over, uh, the what, the when, the why, the how, and then it kind of developed what I lead into the book. Um, is that what I want, what I qualify for, but what I qualify for once, and then how to give them what they want on a consistent basis. It's kind of the framework for what is the middle ground.
1: So this journey really was born from your own personal experience.
0: Yes, it was, it was born from all personal. So personal and then even from a professional side of developing the personal relationships to help people achieve their success.
2: You know, most people ask us, you know, why doesn't it just happen naturally? And if it's the right thing, it should just sort of be there and you don't have to do any work and you don't have to figure anything out. What are some of the things that you didn't know before looking at your own self and how you were in relationship and what you discovered that would be really beneficial for people to know.
0: Yeah. So I'll say for anyone that's in a relationship where they have marriage as a desired outcome, first you have to understand that uh, marriage is not a feeling that you've never felt before and about being in love all the time. Marriage is really about duty and responsibility. And with that duty and responsibility, There is an outpouring of what people describe as happiness by consistently identifying and meeting the needs of their partner, their partner consistently, and identifying and meeting their needs, and then setting joint goals and meeting those goals. Um, In order to get to that, you have to do the work as a single person on the back end in order to understand how to do that. Duty takes sacrifice. It takes consistency, it takes commitment, um, and it takes a love of others that is beyond the love of yourself. So in order for people to enter in successful, uh, to be successful in their marriage, I believe that they first, as a single person, have to do the necessary work in order to get the the necessary desired outcome, which most people say is a happy, healthy marriage. Can you
1: talk about some of that
0: personal work that you had to do yourself? Sure. Uh, so, for the personal work that I had to do myself is first I had to identify that the problem of my failure was me. So the relationship outcomes that I had and the failure of a marriage had nothing to do with anyone else. It all it was all me. It was all based on mindset. It was all met, based on entitlement of expectation, and it was based on the fact that I didn't want to put in the work. Uh, to you know, for all the men out there, to be a husband, a husband is the most selfless um, and consistent responsibility that. I know. And it requires you to care not just for your wife, to care for your family, to care for everything from the physical, emotional health, the protection, the provision, um, you know, being a priest in your home, all of that requires work. So that means I have to be great physically, I have to be great spiritually, I have to be great financially, I have to be great emotionally, and I have to be guide to self in order to have the outcome that I want in the marriage and with my family. So that was the first step, just recognizing that I was the problem. So once I realized that I was the problem, I then said, all right, I'm the problem. What do I need to fix? So those are some of the things that I fixed. I got more consistent in my spiritual journey, um, in scripture, my work and volunteering through my local church as an expression of my uh, faith in Jesus Christ. I had to spend time in the gym getting healthy. There were things that I just wasn't healthy, but gaining weight. I was having health issues. So no one wants to deal with a guy who's dealing with a bunch of health issues. I mean, that would be selfish, especially um, if you want to bring kids into the situation. Um, so that, that was a big part of it. And then um, it was financial uh, because just. Guys, I I was underperforming from a financial standpoint. Uh, Based on where I looked at from my peers who graduated with similar similar degrees, I was under. My finances were underwhelming, so I had to spend, uh, in addition to that time, those two and a half years, getting my financial house in order and changing my thoughts around money and stuff, uh, just so that on the back end, I'd be able to do what I want to do long term with. Uh, marriage and with a family is to build long term legacy.
1: Yeah, you know, I found that in working with men, a lot of times it takes that peak culmination of of a of a life transition in order for them to wake up and say to themselves, you know, I need to do some work here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was wondering if that was really the pivotal moment for
0: you. Yeah, for men, we don't. It it takes us getting slapped in the face. Or to you know to hit kind of rock bottom in most instances, uh, especially if you have kind of a a privileged or you know a, you know a privileged upbringing. Uh, not to say that I was privileged, but I was blessed to have both parents. My parents are still married to this day, over forty years. I don't get credit for their forty years. Their forty years don't automatically translate to me in any relationship or, or marriage. I still have to put in the work, and that comes that means that I have to stop humble myself and say. What do I need to be doing better in order to get a third of their outcome? Um, and that's what kind of helped develop the book. Some of those discussions and conversations.
2: In in your day job, mm-hmm. you manage people. Yes. What have you seen in the trends of different um, ages of people that you're managing in terms of how they're showing up in relationship and how they're showing up as employees or workers and is that, do you, do you tend to people differently if they're in different stages of life?
0: I tend to people differently consistently, but the one thing that is uh, not different is the expectation. We have an expectation and a responsibility when we're in an employment situation or we own a business and we have clients or customers, we have to show up as our best self every day. That is the contract that you make in exchange for your time i'm going to give you money and in that time i need to see a return so what i have found regardless of stage if someone is single and they're dealing with relationship troubles or they're chronically single it it shows up in how they you know they behave or they they work um i will say I mean, if we look at it in in kind of terms I don't like to use the generation, but let's just say so. Gen Z, Gen Z is showing up to work with an expectation. Unlike what I hear in culture, mine, the employees that I have managed and had the privilege to manage, they are all showing up. They want to be, they're accountable. They want real time feedback on what they can do better. Um, and they want a clear path to their stated goal. So that's, that's what I see. And when you don't provide them that, I believe that they walk out the door. I think they are also doing that in their relationships, which is Mm -hmm. why we're seeing the interest in marriage declining in that generation, while we're seeing the age of first marriage go higher and past 30, 30, 33 for women, 33 for men, roughly numbers, you guys can fact check me on that. Um, We're seeing it just go up because Mm -hmm. I'm having success at work, which is what we talk about in the book. I'm getting promotions, I'm getting my bonuses, and I'm following this formula. When I date, I'm trying to follow that formula and I'm not getting the outcomes. It's completely different. The millennials being the sandwich generation between the Great Recession, um, the the millennials are showing up to work overperforming for those that are are good millennials because we know they're... the millennials. Anything. Uh, but for the millennials that I've had the privilege of leading, uh, they have been uh, very consistent in their work. Um, they will take time when they need time uh, and they really appreciate a work-life balance at a much higher level than Gen X did. Gen Z is all about work-life balance. They're going to use all their PTO, which is hilarious because um, in our generation, we never used PTO. It was always held against us. Um, but for for them, from a relationship standpoint, I think they're also seeing the explosion of the perception of choice, whether it's professional or in their personal relationship. Professionally, there are a lot of jobs that are posted. I had to go knock doors to get my first job. I had to fill out paper applications. Some people are millennials. Some millennials don't understand that. They have been able to go online and go to a couple of different websites, whether it's LinkedIn, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, uh, Monster. Um, or just text a friend, and then they're able to get a a, a pretty you know good interview or a pretty good job with a pretty good salary. They're also the generation that's been the social daters. So they've been watching and they've grown up and they've seen on social media, people grow up, people go through relationship changes and stages. They've seen people have successes, have failures, and there's always this perception that there's another choice better out there. So in their dating relationships, they tend... When they're not successful, they're tend to doing that. They're always comparing what they have to what could potentially possibly be, and that's a mistake to do from a long term standpoint when you're uh, in a relationship. So they're, they're they're you know not willing to commit as as much, but they say they will. Yeah, I'm willing to commit. I just can't find the right person. Can't find the right girl. Can't find the right guy. Well, it's because <laughs> you're looking at 918 people you follow. On social media, of course you can't find the right guy. It's hard to choose between 19, 100, you know, 9, 918 people. It's really difficult. So it, I, I don't even think it's an issue of commitment. I, um, I think that's also the generation of the list because at work they come in with lists.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so they go into their relationship with these lists. And these lists are long and these lists are in most instances unrealistic and delusional. That's why in our book, uh, I talk about uh, what do you qualify for? So you have to first understand what you qualify for in order to get uh, the result that you want. In um, and, and some instances, I've said that there are people who have a list where, you know, for women, for men, he's six foot, wears, you know, has, makes six figures, has a six pack. And you have to be fit. You have to be financially compatible. Um, and you have to be physically attractive at the same at the same level. If not, it's not going to go over well because you don't want it to be too incongruent where one is up here and the other is down there, but they don't believe that. I want what I want. I want what I look at. I want what I see every day, and I'm not going to settle for anything outside of everything that I want.
1: And I don't have to hold myself to the same
0: expectations. Yeah. And I don't have to hold myself to the same expectations. I think the millennials also talking about that. uh, They saw their parents go through layoffs. They saw Mm -hmm. their parents go through divorces So in that same breath, seeing divorces at a high level, seeing layoffs and job losses, right sizes and downsizes, there's a skepticism for full commitment to both professionally and to the personal lives. I don't want to end up that way. So I have to protect myself at all costs. So I don't end up that way.
1: Yeah, I read somewhere that the rates of cohabitation with uh, millennials are the highest of all the generations. Why do we think that is? There's a lack of commitment there and, you know, and they have a back door. you know, they're owning property together, but they're not actually going through the process of getting married.
2: It's interesting listening to this and it, it seems like the, the millennials were very influenced by what was happening in their family and what was happening in their community. But Gen Z is more influenced by what's happening in the school systems and the politics.
0: School systems, politics, and on social media. Mm -hmm. I'd add that there. So what they see in those three areas is kind of dictating how they move. And in previous generations, you didn't have that visibility or that access to information. I mean, we have more access to information, more access to money, more access to opportunities than any given time in our history. So no wonder our needs have changed and our expectations about how we address our needs have increased. Um, I, I will say that as, as we were continuing to talk about the generations, Gen X is just sitting back judging everything silently. <laughs> Gen X is, I think they're, Gen X would be the youngest grandparents right now. So Gen X may have gone through, I had a marriage, it ended after 15 years, the kids are all adults and now I have grandkids. I'm looking for someone, I'm looking for a job that's gonna get me to retirement. I'll put my head down. I won't be trouble. I don't need a promotion. If you want to promote me, let's talk about it. And in their relationship, it's the same thing. I got my grandkids. I have my kids. I have my own place. I have my own money. I have my plan for retirement. I have my job. I have my friend group. If you want to come along with me on this journey, great. But we don't have to talk about anything long-term or commitment. I'm 55. I'm good we'll 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 just see where it goes over the next couple of years you're
1: talking about our generation here we are actually Mm -hmm. going to be grandparents in -hmm. january our kids Mm -hmm. are grown yes Mm -hmm. and we we see that too you know with with the boomers though oh man now i i read somewhere that the largest population on match.com are boomers and they also
0: have the largest uh amount of divorce have the largest amount of divorce so they're looking at on the back nine. How do I want to end this thing? It that's it's pretty morbid, but it's the reality. It's what's going through their mind when they're swiping. Right. All right. Do I want to spend my next twelve Christmases with this person? Nope. Next. All right. Do I want to spend all right? My grandson's graduating college. Uh. This. Uh. I I got my summer home. I gotta go. I got my girls trip. I got this that I do. With my I got my class reunion. Cause class reunions are really big with. Nope. Swipe. Swipe. Next. And so that's going, that's going through their mind. But the boomers are, yeah, that's funny that they are. I I did see that stat about a month ago that they're the, they're the largest population that is on the dating sites. And that makes sense because from what I understand the date, you can add your age range on there so they can narrow it to the age range that they want. So So
1: in your book, do you address the different generations and, you know, what specific considerations that they have to make? uh, No,
0: I don't, I don't address the generations in the book. What I address in the book are the six types of men and the six types of women. And this, this book is part one of a three part series. Um, So it's kind of been a, a work that started, that that was birthed out of that process I went through post-divorce, but then has evolved with my own relationship and with, my own kind of personal development. Uh, but I do talk about the six type of men and the six type of women for your audience. We'll start with the men. All right. <laughs> Which everyone loves. So when you think of men, I will, and, and I talk about men in the book, I say that a man is a biological man. So that's a man. So when I say man, it's going to end up in one of these six areas. So the first is a boy. Second is a hot boy or an F boy. <laughs> the third is a guy. Fourth is a male. The fifth is a man. And that man can be modern or traditional. And then the sixth is a high value man. So in the relationship world, a lot of discussion goes around the high value men. Based on my coaching and based on my research and conversations for this book, the majority of men fit into one of three categories. They're men, they're guys, or they're males. I didn't really spend much time talking to boys. Um, I know a number of high value men who have shared coaching with me. So they, they say this lines up uh, with what's necessary. Um, but when you talk about boys, um, just real quick, Boys are just boys. I have a son. They're playing with toys. They're making sounds. They're running around. They're watching things on the tablet or on TV. And they're just a boy. They, they take care. Their, their base is taking care of basic needs and emotions. So mm-hmm. that's all they're capable of doing. And you don't expect anything more from a boy than to be a boy. Because you know he will grow. Then there's the hot boy. So the hot boy or the F boy Is the one that women say it gives them the most trouble. The hot boys and the F boys are where women complain about men in total because their experiences are so bad with hot boys. These are the players. Player, hot boy, F boy. So, like a boy, they have, they want to go out and they want to invest in all of their whatever tickles their fancy. So, they may have a job and their job allows them to live the life that they always wanted when they were little. And in that they don't have the emotional maturity or the interest in long term physical and emotional connections. I'm thinking of reality TV shows right now, reality TV shows. And all the,
2: all the, all the guys that are into like the cartoons from their childhood and they (laughs) So you, you'll find,
0: I think you're talking about the the man-child. The man-child is not an F-boy. The F-boy is the one that the girl likes. He's mm-hmm. hot, he's in shape, he has a great personality, he has swag, the term that they use is chemistry. I have a lot of chemistry with him. They spend the majority of their time wasting their time with F-boys mm-hmm. because F-boys are never gonna commit, they can't. So then the guy, that's actually good, I'll use that in, the, in, a, in a, my next post, but the man-child is just a guy. Women know this person he's a guy you know him at work you see him at the gym you see him at the coffee shop you see him at target he's really nice he has all green flags but he doesn't have anything that's special so you never want to commit to him as a woman and this guy knows it so he spends the majority of his crime in existence uh wanting to get women that are way outside of his caliber and league. and he doesn't do the work to evolve from just being a regular guy and then they grow resentful Sometimes guys, when they do put in the work, they fall back into F-boy status.
1: So they end up typically in the friend zone. They're,
0: they're the, the they're they're the perpetual friend zones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the friend zoners. So and, and every woman has one or two that they put in the friend zone. Mm-hmm. He's nice. And these these guys give you masculine energy and masculine attention. So it can meet a need that a woman will have but it doesn't go all the way with the full-blown relationship. And she's comfortable with that because she doesn't expect that. And pre- she's probably dealing with some F-boy right now anyway. She's <laughs> got the guy as a f- guy friend and then she's got the F-boy that she can't figure out why it's not working. So that would be the male. I mean, so the, the guy. And then the male is probably the largest population. So the males are men um, by biology, men in stature, men in fit, men in frame, but they really struggle with evolving into a full man. They struggle and they're typically led by their emotions. And that could be a result of upbringing. That could be a result of environment. But when women date males, males appear to be men, but there's always something holding them back from the the full next phase. And when women get out of the F-boy phase, they go right into this phase with males. And then Now that they've had F boys for the majority of their dating life, and now they have a male, they ain't no good men. Mm. Well, of course not. You got males and F boys that you've been messing with. They're never going to be good. They're never going to give you the full spectrum of a man. And men can be really two type of men. I mean, there are blue collar, white collar men I talk a little bit about, but it's really about traditional or modern. So a traditional man is what I talk about with my grandfather. So both my grandfathers came home from World War II. They bought a house in the same neighborhood. They married one woman. They both had seven kids, and they were married to those women until they died. And what did they do in between besides raise seven kids? They both had over 40 grandkids that they helped raise and support. The women didn't have to work outside of the house, and they were able to enjoy going to work from six to three, Going to the local bar, having a drink after work, going home to dinner, getting the kids down, making a little love, watching a little TV or listening to the radio or read the evening paper. That was their life. So with that, they want a very traditional, consistent existence. There's no excitement there for most instances for traditional men. But traditional men always get with traditional women. Mm -hmm. So it works. And then from... Tradition was modern. So modern is where you find your 50-50 conversations. That's where you get the guy that's like, all right, you have your own money. You're a modern woman. You're making 75 a year. I'm making 76. Let's just go ahead and split everything down the middle. And you have a split relationship where there's no real leader. There's no real helper. And neither one of them are really satisfied with the result. But it's nothing, nothing's bad happening. There's no verbal abuse, physical abuse. There's no infidelity. There's no there's no financial abuse, but it's just not working. Um, and if you want a modern relationship, you have to go into it at the beginning of a modern relationship and you just have to keep it modern. But it can ebb and flow. And then we talk about the high value man. The high value man is the man that everyone wants to be and everybody wants, but a high value man is created over time. I don't know one high value man that is under... 45? Mm-hmm. just don't know, because at this point, you don't have enough life experience, the high value man is a high earner. They're a leader in their industry and field. They're a leader in their community. Um, they're committed to one woman. Um, they focus on their purpose and are driven by their purpose. And their high value woman or high value wife, in this instance, is there to support in that effort. And she benefits and her happiness comes from seeing him achieve his goal. And it's a symbiotic relationship. And the high value woman can work outside of the home. Based, contrary to what I hear online, she can work outside of the home. She may have her own career. She may make really good money. She may make top 1% money, but her focus and she, she, I'm making this money for the purpose that my high value man and I have determined and agreed to is the purpose
1: Imagine a difference between the modern man and the high value man is that there's more of a partnership between him and his woman versus, you know, like more of a business type of relationship. And the modern man, would you say that that's the case?
0: Um, I, I will say that there's some level of that. Uh, but for the high value men that I know, they they look at their role as high value as a a spiritual purpose and calling. It's beyond themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say athletes and entertainers, the fame compulsion you got to take out. Politicians, preachers, athletes, entertainers, they have a fame compulsion. So their relationships are measured different and work different. But a lot of people like to say, oh, that's high value. No, that's high earning. And Mm -hmm. high earning can be boys, F boys, guys, males, and men. And they can just be high earners and still struggle with some of the things that those groups of men will struggle with. But a high-value man didn't struggle in there. He doesn't have the time because he's so locked in and dialed in with his purpose. And a high-value man is only judged as a high-value man by other high-value men, not the market. High-value men say, come on over here and be with us. Do you think
2: you can be a high-value man without mentorship?
0: No. No, I don't think any man on this list should go through life without any mentorship. Mentorship mm-hmm. is is important, um, especially if you're someone, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, and uh, still have a great relationship with my father and have him in the home every day. There's mentorship that comes along with that, but there's mm-hmm. also mentors that come outside of the home and those mentors can be, you know, in, in, in most, in a lot of communities, you see them through your athletics, you see them through your local community centers, you see them in your church, and then you see them in business. Um, I mean, my mentor, I still have mentors and my mentors um, provide me real-time feedback on how to achieve the next level. And I take that and implement it immediately.
2: Do you think you can be a high value man without spirituality?
0: Um, I know some high value men based on the definition of characteristics who don't have quote spirituality, but what they do have is a moral compass. So they have a moral compass that kind of leads them what is right or wrong and what is truth, and what is a lie. Um, and those will be the only ones, the majority of the men that I know have a spiritual component and the, of that group that I know and and in regular communication with they are Christians, they are Christians.
1: And, you know, I think we should clarify like spirituality from religion, you know, because I think in, in what you're saying and living by this moral code, there's a belief in something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. you know, and purpose greater than just their, their own selfish needs.
0: Yes. That that's, that's kind of the, one of the foundational principles of being high value as a man. Mm-hmm. It's not about self. It's about the group. It's about your community. It's about your family. It's right. about setting them up for success. So what about the the six women? They need to buy the book to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, I'll, I won't go through the detail, but I'll, I'll okay. give the I'll give the ladies in the audience what that. So I know they're probably like, well, I want to hear about this. So six women. So when we talk about women, we're talking about someone that's biological, that's born, that is a woman, moves through their, the world as a woman. So we have a girl. A girl is all about her feelings, her fantasies, her friends. So just a, just a girl. I have a daughter. She's a girl. Is girly. She likes to do girly things. And that's okay. I don't expect her to be more than a girl. Then she becomes a hot girl or the popular term, a city girl. The city girls have the ability now to financially um, go ahead and quench the thirst with their feelings, their fantasies. And they are heavily influenced by their friends and the market. So what is whatever the trend and the culture is, city girls and hot girls are on it. City girls have no interest inconsistency long-term connection they actually live their life in chaos
1: mm-hmm. Yep. Take a time. lot of guys
0: ga- a lot of guys get here and get their feelings hurt no. guys guys because the city girl was like well you know i'm gonna go ahead and give them a chance you're gonna give them a chance girl yeah girl i'm just gonna give them a chance i ain't got nothing else to do this summer so he gets he gets put on the roster. He's friend zone, and then she may or may not do something. But then she regrets it, and she and to deal with that regret, she cuts him off, and he mm-hmm. can't handle it. He do, I don't understand. I don't understand what I did. What did I do wrong? I was doing. She's a city girl, man. You're not. You're not. You're not. Yo. She needs to go be with the f boy or the city boy, and then they need to go have a great life together in their toxic relationship. <laughs> um. So that would be city girl, and then we have. Just the, she's a gal. So like a guy, it's a girl you know. She's at the school, she's at work, she's at the gym. She's just a girl. Nothing really special and she's done nothing wrong. She's a really nice person, um, but she knows where she is. And she doesn't really shoot her shot. If she gets attention, she's going to go all full force with whoever gives her that attention. And that turns off, for those gals, a lot of city boys or hot boys or F boys. They spend a lot of time with the inverse with a lot of the gals. And then the gals are sitting up here. I can't just really find a man. I was dealing with this one guy two years ago, and he really broke my heart. I don't want to be bothered. Guys and gals get together, and they're together for 40 years. And they're happy. There's nothing bad about it. There's nothing overly remarkable about that type of relationship except the longevity and the longevity is based on mutual respect and trust. Um so you got the gals, then you have the females. All right to the audience that is listening on this podcast. <laughs> females will be the largest group. And by me saying that you already know. So the females the females are the ones that when you date them it's always something it's never enough. It's always chaotic. It's always too much. It's always a lot going on. There's just always something going on and they can never really get grounded, even though they desire a grounded, consistent relationship. For whatever reason, they just can't get out of their way and they live their life really heavy through their emotions. Their emotions dictate everything. Where they go to school, how much education, where I work, where I live, what car I drive, where I'm gonna eat, how I'm gonna dress, who's my friend group, what guy I meet. Okay, I broke up with that guy. That's what they are. And it's always something with this group. Nothing's ever enough. Hmm. Um they typically find themselves super frustrated with modern men and with males. Modern men, because modern men want everything 50-50 and they can't really get over get over themselves like the 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 guys, the, the I'm sorry, the uh modern men. And the males. The males are just as emotional as they are. And they just live in these emotional puddles. But when you said this, it made me feel this way. And I don't really like the way they said it. When you said this, I thought about it this way. And it reminded me of six years ago when I was with this guy who's an F-boy, and now I'm going to hold that against you. Well, I didn't break your heart. I didn't do that to you. I know, but I'm never going to have my heart broken again. So we're, we're on a break. A lot of issues, a lot of drama. The example I use in an article is Ross and Rachel oh friends friends, yeah Mm -hmm. okay just it's like come on get it together get it together guys can't we gotta we gotta drag this thing out 10 seasons can't and that's what they do they just drag things out and then at like 36 they get married you know we just finally got over all this stuff it's just like good for you we've been waiting for 15 years for you guys to figure this out (laughs) (laughs) and then you have um your women women are going to be modern um and they're going to be traditional um, I would say that would be the second largest group would be modern women. Modern women lead with their success and lead with their education. Uh, they lead with their finances um, and they want to be boss. Mm. But not really. They're modern, they're 50-50. So most of the time you'll find a modern woman in a relationship, she will hand off the stuff that's hard that she doesn't like to the guy and the guy is modern, he's resentful. He doesn't say anything, he just does it. And then this resentment builds. But because And because they're in a 50-50 arrangement, no one is going to talk to the other person about their situation. And then traditional women are women who are full adults, fully grown, um, understand their role, work may not work, uh, but they're 100% focused on the responsibility of their home, the responsibility of their man. And then high-value women are out there making sure that their man is driving, high-value man is driving to his purpose.
1: So, you know, when you're considering all of these different categories, it really matters as far as the, the pair-up. Yes. And kind of what you were saying, you have to qualify for a certain category that you're shooting for.
0: I mean, the obvious one is a girl does not qualify for a high-value man. Um, a city girl does not qualify really for a man traditional man um but a lot of times where i i see people where people tell me they're struggling is they're they're misaligned and you know the bible says do not be unequally yoked people are completely unequally yoked when it comes to dating because of the things we talked about earlier social media tells me i have choice i like the way she looks oh i like the way he looks oh i like what he drives and that's the basis for trying to start a full full relationship mm. that's not enough you got to think about all this stuff, because no one wants to be someone with they an emotional puddle all day. I hope not, because <laughs> um, there, there's so much more stuff to do during the day. Some people versus like doing, that. Some people really I mean, like it. And if you do, <laughs> males and females need to get together, and they need to go be in a neighborhood over there or an apartment complex over there with exactly. the other males and females. It's and it's it's okay. Any of the parents okay, but understanding who you are and the first. Uh, to ch- the chapter two and chapter three is the is kind of the important step i need to know what what are the categories and where do i line up and then as we go into book two we're going to talk a little bit more about all right now that we know what you are and what's out there what do you want and then when we start talking about what you want we then talk about all right this is what you want here's how you reach the middle ground and then there's kind of a call to action H-
1: have you found um Have you found a difference or a change or a shift in dating because of this whole change in our world? this now this virtual world and uh, the pandemic and everything like that, that has affected us in the last three years.
0: Well, I was uh, just looking at the pandemic. I think the there's, there's kind of been a wonky relationship between uh, let's start with marriages since that's part of your audience. We've seen, we saw a lot of people delay marriage and we saw a lot of divorces happen in 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. because when people were locked down in their house with their significant other, they realized they couldn't stand them. And they were like, if I got to be in here the rest of my life with you, we might as well just break up now. And that's what we saw. We saw a lot of people who were supposed to get married between 2020 and 2022 delay it, or they pared it down and went with a smaller ceremony and they that time allowed them to, you know, take stock of what was really important Mm -hmm. versus really doing that. But then we saw the other inverse where people were locked in the house. They were all alone. They didn't have anyone. And so they came out guns blazing. They were doing their, they were drinking their water. They were working out and they were doing their Peloton. They were doing their uh, hit training on their phone and they came out like, I'm not going to go through another lockdown alone, men and women. And so um, I think there is a correlation, but my hope is that you know, during that time, people took stock into who they were and what their relationship uh, status was, and make the best of it. And if you did get out of one, don't go back into another one the same way you came out the last one.
2: Yeah, and it seems like you know, in this, in these six categories, there's a developmentalness to it. Like you said, you know, you can't be, you know, the high end guy and male. I forget the term you use, but and... high end man. Unless you're a certain age, which we've seen as well. I mean, there's things that you think differently and develop differently in post forty something that you can't even think like that when you're thirty. And then it also seems like there's a a cultural component or a raw talent, like if you are good looking or if you um have been taught certain values because that's one thing that's kind of gone away from the younger generations is, you know, when I was a kid, you went to church, that was your community and you were expected to behave a certain way. And men were expected to behave a way. Women were expected to behave a way. And then it really changed. You know, I remember my grandma hemming her dress every year, Mm -hmm. whatever the hemline was. And now there's so much choice and so much we can be whatever we want. So we, we, as human beings don't tend to do that very well, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when we're, when we have more structure and we have to do something a certain way, then we can decide if we like it or don't like it or want to break free from that. But when it's so open-ended, you know, we tend to just sort of freeze and the path of least resistance and stay children.
0: Yeah. And and that's the, the hope coming out of reading the book or experiencing the book or being a part of the community is that you can have that moment of self-reflection and uh, self-revelation to know where I stand and what work do I need to do to get the outcome? Because everyone that I talk to and everyone that's read the book has said, if they had a problem with it, listen to their problem. And I ask, well, what do you want? Well, I want a relationship. Okay, do you want to be married? "Uh, Okay, pause. If you don't know if you want to be married, the answer is no. Let me just tell Mm -hmm. you, it's not. You don't want to be married. So don't even go into a relationship with the expectation of marriage. You want kids? Uh, I would like to possibly put no, don't have them. We don't need any more of that. We got enough of that. We need, need, yes, I'm ready to help raise the next generation, usher in the future leaders of the generation. If it's not that, then it should just be a no. Let your no be a no and let your yes be a yes. So um, I think that, Coming into this book with this experience and with this community, that is the hope uh, that that I want people to have some hope and a better understanding of where they stand and what the market or or their potential prospect uh, is requiring for, from them and how to get it versus just going through life and existing and hoping possibly potentially maybe that this will all work itself out. That's not no. If anyone believes that listening, the answer is no, it won't. You have to be intentional every day about the choices that you make in order to get the outcomes you want.
1: And, and I imagine asking those questions of yourself, really doing that self-discovery, understanding what category you kind of fall into, it then determines how and what avenue you're going to go and pursue a partner, yes. right? Whether you use, uh, you know, online dating sites or whether you actually go into a bar. I don't know if people do that anymore, go to a bar. <laughs> Meet people or meet people at
0: work. Brunch. They you all know. go to brunch. I was out of okay. town this week, and everyone Lunch. was at brunch. Brunch started on Friday. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. I didn't realized brunch was on Friday. They're all at brunch, spending seventy-two dollars on eggs and dry pancakes, all just hoping, possibly, potentially, someone will walk up to them and say how handsome or beautiful they are. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. I was just like, "Well, that's like the it?
2: grocery store from like the '80s, right? Where you go to the grocery store to do that." Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that I mean that's the new I think it's a more pass all of that to me, kind of self-discovery right now, that's a really passive approach. We had to buy bottles in VIP to try to get attention. <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't just walk up and start, you know, we would walk up and start dancing on the girl. And you had to have it all together in order to do that. And then if you wanted to take it to the next level, it's like, all right, we're gonna buy this section of the club or the lounge, and we're gonna have bottles and we're gonna have food, and then you start ushering in and then con- they don't have to do that now they just swipe right or swipe left. yeah
2: yeah, it really has um withered away the the differences of being a uh the skill of dating, the skill of meeting, the like skill courting. Of, of courting yeah both mm-hmm. on the masculine and the feminine side. and yes. those roles are so bland and blurry now. Mm-hmm. And there's like, they don't really know how to, you know, every animal on this planet has a mating ritual, except for us.
0: <laughs> well, for us, it was VIP service. It, it was <laughs> right? It was pulling up to the club with your <laughs> rims clean, getting out, throwing your keys, letting your car be parked, and walking in the back with your name on the list, not standing in line. So there was a lot of that we were doing. And we were like, why are we doing this? Looking back at it, even talking to you, I'm like, why were we doing that? But I understand why we were doing it. We were trying to, you know, separate ourselves from the pack and then make ourselves as attractive as possible to the opposite. And, and I think
2: I think that's particular to the city guys, right? Mm-hmm. The city girls, city. Oh, city girl. the
0: city boys and the city girls. Oh, they still do that stuff. Yep. <laughs> now they'll go to brunch and they'll get the reserve table up front. They'll put their car up front. They'll play music. They'll be dancing. They're all taking selfies. Oh, they're having a good time at brunch. So well, I think one of the the,
1: the things that, have, that has happened is that we've minimized the risk of rejection. Right. There were consequences for that where you would try to, you know, court someone and they could say no mm-hmm. to your face. Now you could just ghost someone,
0: and you're never gonna see them again. Never hear them like, again. Well, I mean, even then with that rejection. So if I'm at a bar and I see you know, in my this is my 20s. I Yeah, my 20s. Wow. It's like you see a girl over there. Oh, let me go talk to her. You go talk to her. It's like, hey, can I buy you a drink? No, get lost. You have to live with that shame yeah, yeah. for right. your rest of the time in the bar. So we started like, all right, let me come up with this pickup line. All right, go over there and run interference. Hey, all <laughs> right, go ahead. Come wingman this for me. Yeah. Um, you know, you would just come up with new strategies at the end of the night to to see to to better your opportunities or better your chances. But I mean, yeah, and I mean I we have
2: still developmental as opposed yeah. to playing video games and swiping.
0: Play video games. You can do both. You can play yeah. video games and swipe. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're talking to somebody overseas. Hey man, what are you doing tonight? Hey, I don't know. I'm just gonna sit here. Hey man, there's this there's this pop-up bar that I'm gonna go to. What about the neighborhood? Bar? Whatever. We don't I talk about it in the book. I said that um, we went from how my my grandfather selected my grandmothers. They got someone that was from their hometown. Both of them are from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So when they got to the north, and when they came back from the war, who's from my hometown? And every, there was always a train coming up with the girls. So there was always going to be someone from the hometown. And who they selected was who they stayed with right Mm -hmm. then and there, during that season. So it went from kind of this local approach to when, where my parents met, my parents were in the same neighborhood. And that neighborhood, I'll say, it's kind of not just local, it's community and, you know, educational. So they grew up in the school systems together and everyone knew each other's family. So they're high school sweethearts. Then it went from kind of high school sweethearts to everyone's now going to college. So now we kind of expanded. Who's in the Big Ten? Who's in the SEC? Who's in the ACC? That's kind of where these are the schools that we go with. And then in college, you could see when people would rush fraternities or sororities, pledge um, in some instances, they would pair bond based off of the pairings for that. So it went now to this kind of regionalized approach. And then from a regionalized approach, it went national because we all, all of a sudden had cable in our rooms and we're starting to, I'm seeing girls from overseas, versus just the girls in my neighborhood my school my city and even my college so now it went to a national international approach and now we're at the point where i had to get in a car or get in a plane go overseas to see that now everything's on social media yeah so it's a universal approach now to availability of dating because all it you're only a dm away from someone when you're in the dating market so you'll shoot your shot with anyone. If you, I don't know if you two have heard this term. It's called flued out. Flued out. No, we tell have your never. audience to look it up. Flued out. <laughs> so there are men and women who are flying out people that they never met face to face. Wow. I live in Dubai. I met someone online in New York. And I'm going to fly her out. I live in uh, Sao Paulo, and I met this young guy in LA. I'm going to fly him out. We have podcasts of people that have that story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We
0: do. That's the thing. That we was do. not a thing 20 years ago. We yeah. didn't know the term for it, but yeah. Well, it's a it's it's popular it was popularized by the group the City Girls. Okay. Okay. So that those are the City Girls I don't want to flying out and getting glued out. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's you know, I, I would I was just listening to what you're saying about meeting someone across the world. I think in addition to that, there's been this um, dilution of community. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about that small little community, you were, you know, you had consequences of the whole community. If Mm -hmm. you dissed your neighbor's daughter or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, now you got to face them in church on Sunday. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: now, I mean, it, you know, you can fly someone out. But Mm -hmm. if you don't like her, you can fly her back and you don't have to deal with
0: anything. There's a lot of that on the internet. Guys going, (laughs) girls going live, guys going live, complaining about the person that was flown out. And it's just like, you flew flew them out. What's the problem? Right. Well, now they're not not coming here acting right. And then even if there's not that universal social component with that shame, which sometimes happens, they can go back to their life in South Florida. He can go back to his life in Dubai. She can go back to her life in uh, Sao Paulo. She mm-hmm. never has to see that guy or run into any of that guy's friends. Just, yeah. I mean, high school, breaking mm-hmm. up in high school was such a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you broke up with someone that was in your high school, oh, God, don't let it be the football captain and the head cheerleader. Then it was factions in the school. Yeah. And you had to pick a side. There's There were consequences to people breaking up. Now, guys in high school. From what I understand, he's like, I don't know, I'm not dating anyone here in school. I live in Chicago. I got a girl in Denver. Denver? Yep. Mm-mm. We see each other. We FaceTime every night. I, I flew out there for Thanksgiving. She flew here for mm-mm. I don't want to see her every day. I don't want there to be a problem. And you forego from your standpoint, that entire community that, you know, you have those shared similarities with just because of the definition of community.
2: When I think about that, it seems like, um, the frequency of that is electronic, and mm-hmm. I we, we see such an increase in anxiety and depression because of that, mm-hmm. because what reduces anxiety and depression is proximity and touch and regulation of things that you can't smell a person electronically. You can't feel the warmth. You can't. There's so much that isn't part of that that is such a big part of being human that it loses sort of the humanness. It's like yeah. digital versus analog.
0: Yeah i'll say that's probably one of the things that my grandfather said the most Mm -hmm. he was like you have to be you know when you select a girl make sure that you guys are close and you guys always stay connected i think Mm -hmm. that's what he's probably trying to say um yeah well
1: dating has definitely changed tremendously i mean Mm -hmm. we're we're celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary in february and Congratulations. So thank you. It's been such a long time since we've dated. Thank to, God. To thank God. Right. <laughs> I, would, I would hate to be in it's this dating, dating world. world. So, your book is absolutely essential for people that are, you know, looking for a partner now. Where can someone get a hold of your book?
0: Uh, right now, it's available on Amazon through Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, and paperback. There's also an audio version of the full book uh, available. Um, we you can connect with me through a number of sources on facebook um tiktok instagram and youtube as middle ground book um and we also have the middlegroundbook.com uh, as our website and on there you can connect with the community connect to all the social uh see uh which future podcast I'll be on listen to the whole uh, the library of podcasts um and then just share your thoughts about how you're experiencing the book and uh what you know, just connect with the community that that's kind of like-minded. You, you got two factions, people who hate it or love it. And the people that hate it and love it always come away learning something different or, you know, experiencing something different. And that's the hope. That's awesome. It, yeah. It's Thanks
1: very much, Glenn, for being on our podcast. And for all of you listening, the, the book is called The Middle Ground, How to Get Great Dating Outcomes in a Modern World. And so we're, we're going to put uh, all those links on our show notes and everything for our listeners for you.
0: Okay, well, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Thank you to you, uh, Dr. Ray. Thank you, Gene, And thank you to your audience for the time. I really appreciate it. It
2: was a great conversation. Thank you.
1: We wanna thank all of you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com.
2: And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening.
1: Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.